Welcome to Tuned to Yesterday, bringing you programs from radio's golden years. I'm your host, Mark Levonier. Adventure coming up in this hour. Later on, we hear the story Return to Riondo on The Whistler. But right now, it's the first broadcast of the series Dangerous Assignment. Heard on NBC from July of 1949 through July of 1953, it brought listeners around the world on Adventures with Steve Mitchell, portrayed by movie actor Brian Dunleavy. The first episode next from July 9th of 1949 on NBC brings Steve Mitchell to Sicily. Baghdad, Martinique, Singapore. At all the places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. National Broadcasting Company presents the first in an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Steve. You're going to run this pretty little boat right onto the rocks if you don't put your hands on the wheel. Uh-uh. Automatic pilot. W5WRS oh. <laughs> calling w 2 I should have known you'd have one of those on your boat. <laughs> so help me. First time in my life I've ever used it, Evelyn. Eloise. Hello, sure, sure. W5WRS mm. calling W2BYR. Steve. Mm. Why don't you turn that radio off, hmm? I never should have turned it on. What's all that W stuff? Hmm? Who's that silly woman trying to get, anyway? Oh, W5WRS calling W2BYR. That's the ship-to-shore operator. <laughs> Brother, you know them all. What does she want with you? I'm afraid I know. <laughs> well, I guess I better answer before they send the Coast Guard. <clears throat> W5WRS from W2BYR. Go ahead. Stand by, W2BYR. I have a call for you. Go ahead. This is Ruth, Steve. The commissioner wants to see you right away. Over. Now, look, Ruth. I said only call me in an emergency. Over. The commissioner says this is an emergency. Over. But I'm in the middle of a big deal, Ruth. I'm tied up. Over. Just a minute, Steve. He says untie her and get into the office. But tell him... Oh, okay. I'll come back. Out. Eloise, I'm afraid And we'll... for this, I broke another day. Now, look, Eloise, I'm sorry. So what do but... I do? I go out and buy a new sunsuit. And I... it's a very nice sunsuit. I even fry some chicken for the first time in my life. I fry some chicken. But this probably won't take long. And what am I supposed to do in the meantime? And what am I going to do with all that fried chicken? Uh, well, keep it on ice for me, huh? <laughs> Hello, Commissioner. Steve, I trust you concluded your big deal satisfactorily. Uh, <coughs> well, I... Uh-huh. <laughs> Steve, ever hear of the Throp Foundation? Throp Foundation? Sure. That's the private charity that's been sending a lot of relief shipments to Europe. Right. They've done quite a job over there. Tons of food and medical supplies. Yeah, that's the outfit. What about them? Their last three shipments to Sicily have been stolen. Oh, uh, you mean off the boat? No, from the foundation's warehouse in Messina, Sicily. I see. We've been instructed to get to the bottom of it. As usual, you'll pose as a foreign correspondent. Ruth has your credentials in order. Okay. On the surface, your assignment will be to write a story about the stolen shipments. Actually, I want you to find out who's been stealing those shipments. And to be frank, Steve, I'm sending you into a pretty nasty situation over there. What do you mean? The Throp Foundation has had two men working on this case... One of them has been missing for two weeks. Mm. What about the other one? Oh, they found him all right. His throat had been cut. Well, that's reassuring. We're sending you because we think you can take care of yourself and handle the danger. When do you want me to leave? Good. As soon as possible. Now, if you need help or information once you get to Sicily, contact Emilio Donati in Messina. 
Who's Emilio Donati? He runs a bar in Messina. We think he's a friend of ours. Okay. There's just uh, one more thing I should warn you about, Steve. You know, you're making this assignment sound real attractive, Commissioner. <laughs> what is it? I guess you've heard of the Sicilian bandit they call Lorenzo. Yeah, who hasn't? He's got the whole countryside terrorized. Steve, I don't know whether he has anything to do with all this or not, but if he has, you know, watch yourself. Yep. Looks like I got a real honey this time. You did, but it's vital to us that those relief shipments get through. Trouble usually starts from empty stomachs. Yeah. That's all. You've got your assignment, Steve. Your plane leaves in two hours. Good luck. Eduardo, this is Dino speaking. The American just landed. See? Report it to the chief at once. Ah, senor, taxi, huh? You want a taxi, senor? Yeah. Hey, uh, look, driver, you know your way around Messini pretty well, huh? you. <laughs> I live here most of my life, senor. At the age of three, I was brought here from Palermo. So I know every house, every street, every building, every bar. Yeah, every... yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know your city. Now, take me to the Throp Foundation Warehouse. Again? Throp Foundation Warehouse. You know where it is? Throp? No, no. Throp. It's a... Ah, well, never mind. Just take me to the Rienzi Hotel. I'm sure you must have heard of that. Why, sure. I'm going to put your baggage in the car, senor. Hello. <clears throat> Sorry I'm late. Hmm? <laughs> You're not late. You're just in time. I heard you inquiring for the Throp Foundation, so you must be Ralph Gillette. I'm Helen Collier. I was supposed to meet you here at the airport, and I... Hey, look, I'm afraid there's been a mistake. My name's not Gillette. It's Mitchell. Steve Mitchell. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were the one I was supposed to meet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Believe me, I'm sorry, too. Couldn't we just pretend I was? I'm afraid Mr. Archer wouldn't understand. <laughs> Already I don't like Mr. Archer. Don't even know him. Who is he? My boss. He's in charge of the foundation's office here in Messina. Oh, wait a minute. Do you work for the Throp Foundation? Mm-hmm. Mr. Archer's been expecting a new man to fly down from Rome, uh, Mr. Gillette. I thought you were he. Oh. I wonder if you'd tell me where the foundation office is. I'm a foreign correspondent, and I'd like an interview with your boss. Oh, well, I could go with you and show you where it is, because it doesn't look like Mr. Gillette is on the plane anyway. Fine. I have a cab over here. You say you're a foreign correspondent. I suppose you want to do a story on the stolen relief shipments. Yep. Well, good luck. Mr. Archer doesn't want any publicity about it. Thinks it would have an adverse effect on donations from the States. Oh, well, here we are. Uh, pardon us, gentlemen. Uh, si, signor. Eduardo, out of the man's way. Of course, your pardon, signor. Well, I'll see if I can get some kind of a statement from him. Are there just the two of you in the Messina office? Yes, right now. There were three of us. <laughs> Paul Wainwright was the third, but he... Well, he got fired a few days ago. At the Hotel Rienzi, no? No. Throp Foundation. Tropa? Tropa? Oh, Via Delgada. Oh, si, senorina. Hey, you must have the magic touch. Uh, this Paul Wainwright, he was fired by Mr. Archer? Uh, yes, three days ago. Senor, you ready, huh? See. Si. <laughs> Did you hear what the signorina told the driver? Si, Eduardo. Via Delgada. That is the address of the Throp Foundation. I will report it. You follow the American. Mr. Mitchell, you must understand my position. It's not that I don't want to cooperate with you and your press association, but at the same... The uh, stolen shipments are news, Mr. Archer, and news is my job. Well, I know all that, but just stop and think what's going to happen if the news spreads around back in the States. Our donations would probably stop coming in. We think it's vital that these shipments continue. I see. Well, in that case, could you give me an off-the-record statement about it? Hmm, I might, if I were sure it would be treated as such. I'll make a deal with you. We won't break the story unless or until the thieves are rounded up. Hmm. Well, all right. I guess that's fair enough. There have been three shipments stolen, right? Yes, from our warehouse. It's right downstairs. Yes, I noticed it as I came up. Did you have anyone guarding the shipments? Of course. We kept doubling the guard, but each time they were overpowered. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the thieves have a pretty large outfit. Yes, apparently they do. I suppose you've heard of the bandit they call Lorenzo. Oh, certainly. Everybody in Sicily's heard of him. He's got the whole country terrorized. 
He's supposed to have a hideout up in the mountains. Yeah, I know what you're thinking, Mr. Mitchell. That Lorenzo's men could have stolen the shipments. I thought of that right away myself. Well, it's possible, isn't it? Yes, it's possible. Personally, I don't think Lorenzo had anything to do with it. With Lorenzo's reputation what it is, it would be relatively easy for someone else to make it look as if Lorenzo had done it. That's an interesting thought. Incidentally, you fired one of your men a few days ago, didn't you? Paul Wainwright? That is something that I'd rather not discuss. Oh? Of course, I don't want to persecute the man just because some of his actions appeared vaguely suspicious to me. I, uh, I have no proof of anything at all. I see. Well, thanks for the information. I'll see you later. You wish a table, senor? Hmm? Oh, yeah, please. Right here. Hmm. Thanks. I am Carlotta. What will you have? Beer. But it is after dark. It's time to drink wine. <laughs> Emily Post may not like it, but I still want beer. Anything you wish. Look, uh, is the boss in, Carlotta? Emilio Donati. See, he's here. Where is he? The fat one, over at the bar. I will tell him to come over. No, 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 never mind. I'll go over there. I see, see, I'm coming. Emilio Donati? Huh? So I'm called, signor. I uh, told a friend of mine in the States I'd say hello to you. I know many people in the States, signor. I'm pretty sure you'll know my friend, the commissioner. Commissioner? Yeah, I think you're expecting me. I'm Steve Mitchell. A name can be used by anyone, signor. Here. You recognize the handwriting? Ah, see. Si. You are Steve Mitchell. Mm -hmm. How can I help? I'm working on the theft of the relief shipments. Oh, that's a very bad thing, Steve. There are so many people are hungry here in Sicily. Yeah. A fellow named Paul Wainwright was fired from the Thrapp Foundation a few days ago, and Archer acts like he thinks Wainwright's involved in the theft. Paul Wainwright. I know who he is. I'd like to talk to him. Can you arrange it? See. Si. In an hour or two, I will send the word for him to come to the back room of my bar off the alley. We can talk to him there. Quarter after 11. Wainwright ought to be showing up pretty soon, hadn't he? See, si. He should have been here by now, Steve. Mm. There's another lead I want to run down to, Emilio. Hmm? Do you have any idea where the bandit Lorenzo's headquarters are? We oui, see. In the mountains to the west over here. Think you could furnish me a guide? A, a guide? Yeah. Just to get me into the general area. After that, I'll go it alone and do a little reconnoitering undercover. Steve, you must not try a thing like that. Look, it's the quickest way of proving whether Lorenzo's involved in these thefts or not. If he is... He's probably got a lot of the supplies hidden away in those mountains. Ma, his men would capture you. He has lookouts all over the mountains. Well, just last month, an entire division went up there and... Sure, they... sure, that's the point. There were so many Lorenzo's men spotted them easy. But one man alone in the brush could be hard to find. Ma, Steve, Lorenzo has a small army of cutthroats up there. They are fanatically loyal to him. Could you get me a guide? Ma, look, the danger. You must realize the danger. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo isn't stupid enough to kill an American correspondent. Uh-huh. That must be Paul Wainwright. Oh, come in, uh, Senor Wainwright. No, thanks. Look, Donati, and you too, whatever your name is. There's a waste of time. We've got nothing to talk about. Oh! Wainwright. Knife uh, in the back. Emilio, get out of the light. Get down. Yeah. Someone's running down the alley. Don't follow him, Steve. Huh? It may be a trap. There may be others waiting in the dark. Yeah, I guess you're right. Wainwright, see... He's a dead, Steve. Now perhaps you realize that there's a real danger here for you. No, you are not a correspondent. Do you still wish a guide? I'll be waiting in room 23, Rienzi Hotel. All right. I will send a man over. Signor Mitchell? Yeah, who are you? Casella. That's supposed to mean something to me? Emilio Donati sent me to you. Oh, oh, you're the guide. Si, signor. I am to conduct you to the mountain where Lorenzo and his band are hiding. Oh, Emilio didn't lose any time, did he? It was thought best to travel at night, so that we may be in the mountains before the sun comes up. Yeah, I guess that would be best. We will drive to the foot of the mountains by car. Then we'll use horses on the trails. It is all arranged. Good. When do you want to start? As soon as possible. Okay, let's go. <laughs>
pretty narrow trail up here, Casella. Uh, si, senor. But a few more minutes and it will be light. You think Lorenzo's hiding out somewhere on that mountain up there ahead of us? See, si, uh, that is what I have heard. Okay, let's stop here a minute. I'll go it alone from here, Casella. There's no point in your going any farther. Thanks very much. Si, senor. You're right. There is no point in going any farther. Put your hands in front of you. What? Do as I say, senor. I am going to tie your hands. Look, what is this anyway? Hey, wait a minute. You're one of Lorenzo's men. So true, senor. It will do you no good to resist. Do not try to escape. There's a man blocking your trail. See? He has a gun. Okay, I'll try it through you. Stop! Come on! Stop! I'm coming through! Eduardo, quick! Come and help me! Eduardo, help! Okay, Casella. That's for the double cross, Bob. Senor, I have a gun! I said stop! Uh, Okay. Looks like you win. Good. Now I tie you. Hold your hands up. Okay. Here's one of them. All right, senor. I will use the gun this way. So, senor Mitchell. Casella, are you all right? See, I, I think so. Come, we'll take the American to Lorenzo. He's coming to Eduardo. Go tell Lorenzo. See. Oh. Oh. Casella. See, Casella. This is for the bloody nose you gave me, senor. Thanks. Looks like I got taken for the well-known ride. I thought Emilio Donato was a friend. (laughs) Sometimes it is difficult to know who your friends are. You're so right. Uh, Here here is Lorenzo now. Senor Mitchell. You're feeling better now, huh? Not much. <laughs> Welcome to my camp. Thanks. So you're Lorenzo. See, si, I have that honor. Honor? Of course. Hmm. Where are we? Walk with me and I will show you. As you see, you're on top of a mountain. This is my headquarters. Mm-hmm. But where are the guards? Guards? <laughs> you are not my prisoner. You are my guest. Hmm. But see, below us, my men are camped there. Is it not a reassuring sight? Hey, that looks like a small army. 120 patriots. <laughs> patriots, you call them? Of course, they serve Lorenzo. <laughs> Got a pretty good opinion of yourself, huh? <laughs> I am one of the most brilliant men I have ever met. Really? <laughs> you know, you don't talk like you've spent your whole life in these mountains. Oh, I have, as you say, been around. I attended a university in Italy for two years. But you came back to this. How come? A sense of duty, senor. I rub the rich and give to the poor. Yeah? That sounds pretty, Lorenzo. But are you sure it's not just because you're a thief at heart? (laughs) You are shrewd, senor. Well, why not? From my experience in the world, I have learned that one must look out for oneself. Oh? Consider the recent war. Nobody won it. Consider the peace. Again, nobody wins it. Everyone quarrels and fights. Now, is it not much more clever to take what one wants, to be concerned only with oneself? You know, your kind of thinking isn't helping things any. Perhaps not, but it is profitable to me. Uh, Senor, this conversation is pleasant, but I still do not understand why you were so anxious to spy on my camp. No? You ever hear of the Throp Foundation? No. What is it, Senor? A relief outfit that's been shipping food and medical supplies here to Sicily. Oh? Does this concern me? That's what I'm wondering. At least three shipments have been stolen from a warehouse in Messina. (laughs) And of course you think that I stole them. It's a pretty good bet. Well, I am sorry to disappoint you, senor, but as you see, there are no supplies here. Look around you. I have nothing to hide. No? Uh, It is my fate, senor. Whenever a crime is committed in Sicily, I am immediately accused. I suppose I should feel flattered. It has often occurred to me that the police must find me very convenient. How so? Uh, It would be most embarrassing for them if I were captured then they would have no one to blame for all their unsolved crimes. Well, I'm sorry you made this trip for nothing, senor. Well, if you've got nothing to hide, how come you went to so much trouble to capture me? I was told you wanted to see Lorenzo, so I thought I would make it easy. You were very rough with my men, senor. But uh, no matter. We will be friends, and you will go back to America and tell everyone what a gracious host is Lorenzo. Oh, you want a press agent, huh? (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. What? That girl coming up the trail. She looks awfully familiar. Oh, her name is Carlotta. Yeah, yeah, now I recognize her. She works at Emilio Donati's bar. (laughs) Everything's starting to add up. I am afraid Carlotta is not very happy with me at present. No? She has been very useful to me in the past, but she is so uh, possessive. She is very upset to learn that there had been another woman here. There, you see how she sulks? 
I believe she thinks that she is punishing me. Ah, Carlotta, my dear. Speak to me, Lorenzo. Do not speak to me. You climbed up here to tell me that. I am true with you. You have not been true to me. Oh, you are not very flattering, my dear. Of course I have not been true to you. That would be to deprive others. Oh, so good for nothing, you. <laughs> I think I'd better leave you here to take out your temper on the American. I have other affairs to look after. I lie for him. I steal for him. Uh, maybe you ought to pick your friends a little more carefully. So, you're the one that put the bee on me at Donati's, huh? You had Lorenzo send that phony guide to my room. Treat me this way after all I do for him. Oh, the beast. I do not think you would treat me that way. Huh? I think if you were my friend, you would treat me nice. Now, look. Would you like to be Carlotta's friend? It's okay with me if you're trying to make Lorenzo jealous, but use somebody else. Kiss me. Hey, cut it out. Come oh, on, oh, kiss me. Hey. You like it, huh? Well, under other circumstances, maybe. Right now, no. You should not have done that, Carlotta. Lorenzo, Perhaps look. that will show you you cannot treat me as you have. If you do not want me, there are others who do. Uh, you are such a child, Carlotta. I am afraid this presents a problem. Look, there's no problem. I've got no interest in Carlotta, believe me. Oh, I'm aware of that. But some of my men there below may have seen her kiss you, senor, and that is the problem. I must not allow anything to shake their confidence in me. The appearance is everything. No, it is not Carlotta I am thinking about. She is nothing. Oh, dog, that you should talk about me like that. What if I were to tell the American about... Shut up, Carlotta. Wait a minute. What did you say, Carlotta? Then you would wish you had not treated me that way. I told you to keep your mouth shut. I will tell. Carlotta! On the other side of the mountain is a cave. Lorenzo has hidden the relief shipments there. Oh, well, Lorenzo, so you've got nothing to hide. Now, indeed, I have no choice, senor. Carlotta, give me your scarf. You're going to fight with the knives over me. Fool! To think it is you I am considering. Hey, look, how let's consider me for a minute. I did not intend to kill you, senor, but as you see, now I must. Here, take this knife. Now, wait a minute. Put the end of this scarf between your teeth. Huh? There, as I do the other end. Oh, well, so, now we circle slowly. Hey, look, let's cow this foolishness, will you? Do not hold the knife that way. Huh? Use the underhand grip. Do you know nothing at all about knife fighting? As much as I want to know. Not for the last time. I am sorry. Defend yourself. Okay, you ask for it. <clears throat> you twist the knife from my hand. Yeah. You may know knife fighting, but you're pretty sad on judo. Oh, Lorenzo! You've killed Lorenzo! Just a rabbit punch, lady. Won't even leave a scar. So long. Dog, dog! Carissimo. Oh. He has killed you. Oh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo! Will you stop that silly babbling? Lorenzo, you are all right. See? Except the back of my neck. I will tell your men to go after him. No, this is a personal matter. They might find it hard to understand how the American escaped from me. I will go after him alone. I will go with you. You will wait here, Carlotta. I will attend to you when I return. Lorenzo. I may be gone until dark, because if I do not find the American, then there is someone in Messina I must talk to. Now get me my horse. Oh, boy, my wind is shot. Maybe it's the altitude. Horse. Ahead of me somewhere. I better play it safe. Hey, Donati! What? Over here, Emilio. Steve, Steve Mitchell, you are safe. Yeah. I sent a guide to your room the first thing this morning. He said you were gone. Yeah, one of Lorenzo's men got there first. Your waiter, Carlotta, tipped them off about me. Carlotta? Yeah. Think that horse of yours can carry both of us? Ma, Lorenzo's men, they will be after you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reason for not hanging around here any longer. All right, come. I, I'm going to help you up in it. Wait, listen. That horse is coming. Come on, get your horse into the brush here. Uh, uh, Cover up his nose so he won't whinny. Uh, Steve, huh? it's Lorenzo. He's alone. Yeah, heading towards Messina, too. Look, I have a gun. We can capture him. No, no, not yet, Mio. Come on, we'll give him the lead, then follow him into Messina. It's possible he's got more on his mind than just finding me. If so, I want to know what it is. Lorenzo. Senor Arch. Why, you, you fool, coming here to the foundation office. My secretary will be back any minute. The American escaped. What? How could he? We will not go into that. Oh, you stupid fool, you've ruined everything. 
Mitchell must know, must know all about the stolen shipments now. See, he knows I stole them, but he does not know that you are involved, Archer. He might as well. We're through now, Lorenzo, through. And all because of your stupidity. Do not talk that way to me, Archer. I planned it so well. Even when Paul Wainwright became suspicious, I fired him. Then I had his mouth shut permanently. And now you ruined it, you blundering half-breed. You keep your mouth shut. This will help you. Lorenzo, I'll kill you. This gun is quicker than your knife. Well, Lorenzo and Archer, the gold dust twins. Mitchell. Very neat. So you two did work it together, huh? You're, you're wrong, Mitchell. I, I've just captured a notorious bandit. Huh? Why, you lying dog. It was you who raised me. Get, hey. get back, get back, Mitchell. Give me that. That gun's safer with me, Archer. You, you've got nothing on me. You mean because Lorenzo can't talk? If you want to put it that way. There's one witness you overlooked, Archer. Carlotta. Yeah. When she finds out you killed Lorenzo, she'll sing plenty, and it's a song you're not going to like. Well, did you send your report to the commissioner, Steve? Yeah, I called him. He said the Throp Foundation had sent a new man over to head up the office here. Well, and now you can relax for a few days. We, we're going to eat and drink and have a good time. You will have such a food as you never tasted. Scalopini, escarole, a pizza. Yeah, yeah, pizza yeah, yeah. that melts in yeah, your that, mouth. That sounds fine, Emilio, but I, I think I'll be heading back to the States. But what's the hurry? Well, someone back there is keeping some fried chicken on ice for me. Well, it, 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 fried chicken? Yeah. It's got to be eaten on a boat, too. Steve, I don't understand. What is so special about the eating of fried chicken on a boat? Well, you see, she's uh, not the chicken. That is, I... Oh, well, just take my word for it, huh? So long, Emilio. You have just heard the first in an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy and written by Bob Wright. Dangerous Assignment, on Tuned to Yesterday from July 9, 1949, on NBC, the first broadcast in the series. It's an hour of adventure on Tuned to Yesterday. I'm your host, Mark Levanier, and now adventure, mystery, and more. As part of this broadcast of The Whistler, from January 8, 1950, on CBS, we hear Gerald Moore, Fred Howard, and Jack Edwards in the story, Return to Riando. The Whistler. And I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. It was midday in the tiny Mexican village of Riando. The air was still quiet, and the streets a glaze of white-hot dust. As the bus creaked to a halt at the far end of the single main street, a lone passenger stepped down, stood for a moment looking around him. Moving away from the bus and along the street, it all came back to him. The neglected fountain marking the plaza, the faded facades along the little row of shops, the old cafe, all the same, unchanged. Just as when he had left on that same bus almost a year ago, at that time, Roy Collins was certain that he would never have reason to return. But now he did have a reason for returning, a good reason. Crossing the plaza, the guitar music he heard reminded him again of his former mining partners, old Dan Bosley and Paul. Yes, Paul Fallon was the youngest and the laziest, interested only in learning to play that second-hand guitar he'd picked up somewhere. But now it was Lola Mendez Roy wanted to see. The girl who ran the tiny cafe. Lola! Lola! It's Roy, Roy Collins. Roy? <laughs> Senor Roy? Oh, but no, no. It is you, it is. Oh, Senor Roy. Oh, there, there, Lola. Of course it's me. Come on. Oh, Senor Roy. Hey, take it easy. You think I'd really stay away, Lola, from you? Oh, no, no, I did not. I do not know what to think, Senor Roy. It's just... Well, it's just that I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> well, that's more I like it. 
You look tired. Tired? Oh, yeah, tired, hot, and I... Hey, Lola, I hope the cafe hasn't changed. Have you still got some of that good tequila? Tequila? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Sit down, Senor Roy. All right. No, no, no. Over here by the bar. I'm so happy, Senor Roy. So happy that you're well and back again. Back in Riondo. Yeah, me too, Lola. Oh, it's good to sit down without bouncing around on that rickety old bus. Oh, never mind that now. Here, drink this. Yeah. To your return. Ah. <clears throat> Senor Roy. <laughs> Senor Roy, are you back to stay? Or maybe just to see your old friend Dan Bosling? Oh, I don't know. I might look him up, maybe. I really came back to see you, Lola. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, how is Dan? Is he making out okay? Oh, see, si. He bought the watch. The silver one. I told you that in the letter I wrote. You asked me to let you know when he bought it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Dan got his silver watch, huh? Always said he would, didn't he? <clears throat> when he struck it rich. Yes. Is he still up in the hills in our old camp? I think so. Oh, see. Si. Oh, Manuel. Manuel, look, it is Senor Roy. He's come back to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, the long arm of the law. <laughs> Hello, Manuel. Senor, Senor Collins. Oh, sit down, Manuel. Have a drink with us. No, thank you, Lola. What's the matter, Manuel? <laughs> Southwest Mountie always on duty? Always, Senor. 24 hours of the day I am on duty. Oh, that's fine, fine. That still amuses you, senor? Oh, sorry, Manuel. It's just that in this sleepy little joint... Nothing ever happens. I remember you always used to say that. Did I? Always. But you forget, senor, that Riondo is just one place, one village. Manuel has been promoted, senor Roy. He patrols all this territory now. Travels over part of it each day. Well, congratulations, Manny boy. Why did you come back, senor? Why didn't you keep going like you promised? Oh, now, wait a minute. Oh, I, please, I... Manuel, just because he and his partners had a little fight, you I am to... sorry, Lola, but it is my job to ask such questions of strangers. Strangers? <laughs> well, hardly that, Manuel. I spent quite a few months here. Weeks, senor. You did not stay long enough to know Rianto, but long enough for us to know you. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Neither would I. I, I will see you later, Lola. I have some reports to make up. But, Manuel! Well, Roy, the reception committee was actually as you expected. Lola pleased and joyous at your return. Manuel Rosales, annoyed, suspicious, certain that your return threatens his obvious romantic inclinations toward Lola. With a promise to return later, you leave her and, walking through the village, your thoughts turn back to your old partner, Dan Bosley. And then, the sound of the guitar startles you again, doesn't it, Roy? But only for a moment. You're sure Paul Fallon, your other ex-partner, is far from Riondo at this moment. You're sure that he hasn't the knowledge you have of Dan's recent good fortune. At a blacksmith's shop at the end of the street, you stop. Rouse the dozing old man and present your proposition. He doesn't take to it too well, does he? I see, see, senor. I have borrows, good, strong pack animals, but I do not rent them without the pay in advance. Now, look, look, Juan. I said you'd get your money. It's just that I haven't got it right now. I have to work a deal with a friend of mine. No, no, senor. No pay, no borrow. I'm very sorry, senor. Now, listen, you dried-up old goat. Why bother with him, Roy? What? I have enough for our journey. Paul. Uh-huh. One of your old partners. Welcome back to Riondo, Roy. And if I may be so bold, may I ask, did you come to see an old pal? Or did you come for gold? Shut up and put that thing down. <laughs> okay, okay. But if I can't sing, we'll talk. There's nothing to talk about. What are you doing here, anyway? Oh, you see, there's something to talk about. Now, you hate Riondo, but you're back. Now, there's got to be a reason. A good reason. Like what? Well, like maybe our dear old ex-partner, Dan Bosley, making a strike. Did he? I wouldn't know. (laughs) Neither would I. But we'll go see him, won't we, Roy? 
sort of renew our old partnership, just like you figured. I didn't figure any of this sort. No, not with me along, you didn't. But you'll lead me to him. Will I? You might as well get this straight, Roy. You're not going anywhere without me, partner. Oh, yes, we're right back in Riondo. Two of the unholy three. We're going to take Dan's gold away. Half for you and half for me. It's annoying, isn't it, Roy? After all your planning, your careful trip down here, your certainty that Paul knew nothing of Dan Bosley's good luck in the hills far back of Riondo. But it's all right now again, isn't it? Yes. You had to move fast and run the risk of Lola suspecting your plan, wondering if you'd really come back to see her after all. But you're almost in the clear, and she doesn't seem to suspect a thing. She's even helped you, is still helping you, here in the darkness in back of the old cafe. Lola, you're okay. I'm not forgetting this. Oh, I hope you will be safe, Senor Roy, and that you will come back soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will, Lola, real soon. Now, look, are you sure your uncle won't miss the borough of the supplies? Oh, no, no, he will not. The supplies I bought. I'll have the borough back to him in a week. And after that, Lola, I'll make it up to you. We'll get out of this berg. Be careful, Senor Roy. The mountain trails, the rivers, they're dangerous. Manuel says... Never mind what that half-baked deputy says. You heard what I said, didn't you? You and me, Lola. Oh, see, si, Senor Roy. You and me. Adios, querido. <laughs> On the trail, alone, with your movements covered by the night, and Lola's assurance that she'll say nothing to anyone. You're confident again, aren't you, Roy? Pleased that you've outmaneuvered Paul. Of the three of you, Paul knew the least about the territory around the old camp. He never went there alone, so he'll be unable to find the hidden canyon. You have trouble remembering yourself, don't you, Roy? But you remember enough to follow the river exactly as Dan always did. It's almost dawn before you decide to rest. You halt the burrow, sink down wearily near a tree on the riverbank. You feel yourself starting to doze off, and then... You leap to your feet, stare around the half-darkness of the near dawn, wonder if you're imagining things. But you're not, are you, Roy? You're not imagining anything at all. He does not like me He slipped out of town and fled But I found him now by this old tree And I'll stick with him till I'm dead Okay, Roy Let's go see Dan, huh? You've lost, haven't you, Roy? At least for the present. Paul's tricked you, followed you from Riondo, and whatever you find at the end of the trail at Dan's little cabin in Hidden Canyon, you must share with him, unless... I found him now by this old tree And I'll stick with him till I'm dead Yes, Roy. There might be something in Paul's ridiculous song. A way out for you. Something not quite as ridiculous as it sounds. You've been thinking about it all day, and you're still thinking about it as the two of you make camp that night on a rocky cliff over the river which winds through the twisting canyon below. Then as you stand there, looking down on the river, a ribbon of silver gleaming in the bright moonlight. Hey, Roy. Look down there along the river. Isn't that smoke? Yeah. Dad's place. Well, that's not very far. Why'd we stop here? It's a lot farther what? than it looks. I see. <laughs> Seems to me we could have come along the river all the way instead of hiking up over this mountain. I thought you might enjoy the view. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's an inspiring sight. <laughs> 
Sure. Sure it is. Quite a drop from here, isn't it? Down there to the river. Yeah. Quite a drop. The following morning finds you alone on the trail again, leading down the mountainside. And it's almost noon when you reach the river's edge. You stop for a moment, look up to the lone tree high above at the top of the cliffs where you were camped last night. Yes, it's a long drop, isn't it, Roy? Paul Fallon couldn't possibly have survived a fall like that. Then as you turn and start up the river, you freeze in your tracks as the bullet kicks up a tiny cloud of dust at the top of a nearby boulder. And then a smile crosses your face and you relax. Yet you don't make a move. You wait. And presently he appears, walking easily along the path, coming toward you. Hello, Dan. Roy? Yeah. Roy Collins, your old partner. Hiya, Dan. Didn't recognize you. Still pretty quick with a trigger finger, eh? But then you always were, uh, cautious. I don't like strangers nosing around. Yeah, I know. So you're back, huh? Well, I'm pushing through, Dan, into the interior. Figured as long as I was in the neighborhood, I'd drop in and say hello. I see. Just passing through, huh? Yeah. Hey, look, you don't mind if I stay over a day or so, do you, Dan? I, uh, I can stand the rest. No, I guess I don't mind. Come on, shack's down this way. Build me a new place after you. All nice split up. How things been going, Dan? Fair, just fair. That's so. Yeah, been thinking about moving on. Uh, how'd you find things back in Rionda? Oh, nothing's changed. No, guess not. Only stopped long enough to pick up the burrow and supplies. Say, uh, what time is it getting to be? Uh, let's see. It's, uh, quarter after twelve. That's a nice-looking watch, Dad. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Silver, too. <laughs> Always wanted a silver watch, didn't you? Yeah, I remember you said you'd get one first thing after you struck it rich. That's right. Well, I, uh, I got tired of waiting, so I, I bought the watch. I figured I'd never hit pay dirt. Things been real slow, huh? Real slow. Been working a spot back there along the river at the base of the cliffs. That's where I was heading for when I spotted you. You had no way of knowing, Roy, last night when you pushed Paul Fallon off the cliffs. The Dan's diggings were below, on the river's edge, not far away. And you wonder what will happen if Dan accidentally finds Paul's body. After lunch at Dan's shack, Dan strolls out on the porch, settles down in a chair, leans back, his hat pulled down over his eyes. You walk away casually. Then when you're a few hundred feet down the path, you look back. Dan hasn't moved. Now's your chance, Roy. At the base of the cliffs, you stare at the crude setup for washing gold dust out of the river sand. Then your eyes wander up the smooth face of the cliff to the top, the lone tree directly overhead. Paul must have fallen close by, but there's no sign of his body. You whirl at the sound. It's only a loose boulder, Roy. And then suddenly a thought hits you. Is it possible that Paul is still alive? That he wasn't killed in the fall? Is he somewhere close by at this moment? Watching you. Right. What? Oh. Oh, Dan. Out for a walk, Roy? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd come down here, take a look at your layout. Too bad it isn't paying off. Yeah, too bad. Uh, look, Roy, I'm going down river. Check some traps, I said. Want to come along? Well, I guess I'd better not, Dan. I, I, I think I'll stay around here and catch up on my sleep. I'll, I'll be leaving in the morning, probably. Oh, I, I see. Well, all right, Roy. I'll be back by dinner time. Okay, Dad. It's a break, isn't it, Roy? 
With Dan out of the way, if only for a few hours, you'll have time to search his shack. Look for the gold you're certain is there. You watch Dan as he disappears around the bend, and then you race back to the camp and begin your search. After an hour or two, you finally find what you're looking for, hidden away under the loose floorboards of the shack. Yes, Dan's gold. Sack after sack. A small fortune, Roy. Now you'll have to act quickly. Pack as much gold as you can on your burrows and get out before Dan returns. As you reach down to pull up the first sack of gold, your hand freezes in midair. You're certain you heard something outside, the snap of a twig, perhaps. You remain motionless, unable to move, hardly daring to breathe. Finally, you slip across the window and look out. There's no one in sight. Your hand is trembling as you return to the gold cache. Begin piling the gold sacks on the table and then... Dad! Found what you've been looking for. Now, wait a minute, Dad. Take it easy with that, that trigger finger, huh? Didn't expect me back so soon. Now, wait a minute. Look. Look, Dan, I, I know you don't think that I... I didn't go far, Roy. Had to find out what you were up to. Let you show your hand. And you did. Now, listen. Dad, I, I, I was just looking around. You got me all wrong. Sure. All right! As Dan staggers back from the blow, you kick the gun from his hand. It clatters to the floor. You pick it up quickly, and you're ready for him as he lunges at you. Dan sinks slowly to one knee and then crumples to the floor. You really shouldn't have come back, Dan, not so soon. You... You won't get away, Roy. No? Look... Look outside the burrow. I let him go. I was going to make you walk back to Riondo. Okay, Dad. I'll walk back. And I'll make it, partner. Even with all that gold, I'll be carrying your gold. No. No, you'll never get there. You don't know your way well enough. I'll find my way, Dad. I got in here, I'll follow the river back out. Long way around, but easier with a load. The, the river? No, no, you'll never make it. That's where you're wrong, pal. I'll make it all right. You're the one who isn't going to make it. They'll find me. Know what happened? Not right away. They won't find you. You know, Dad, when you dug that place under the floor to hide your gold, you were digging something else. Your own grave. <laughs> Yes, Roy, you have it all figured out, haven't you? With Dan's body rolled under the floor of his shack and the loose boards back in place over it, you have only to pack all the gold you can carry into knapsacks, strap them onto your back, and then hurry to the river. At its edge, you stop a moment near the digging, wondering for a fleeting moment about Paul's body, what became of it. And then you have another idea. You can cover your tracks, can't you, Roy? so that if anyone else happened along, they won't know what direction you took. You wade along the river's edge, ankle deep, move along for several yards in the cold water, and then a sudden clutching fear grips you as your feet seem to give way, and you begin to sink. Now you know what happened to Paul's body. It fell into quicksand, Roy, and you've walked into the same quicksand. You don't know your way in these parts. The river... Nope, you'll never make it. Never make it. Frantically, you claw at the pack strapped to your shoulders. It's Dan Bosley's gold weighing you down, forcing you to sink deeper and deeper. Yes, Dan's gold. The gold you kill for, hurrying you to your own death. Desperately, you reach out, manage to grab the branch of a tree. But all you can do is hold on and try to keep from sinking deeper. Help! Help! Help me! Your own voice, Roy, bouncing against the hills and back. And then the memory of another voice seems to fill the air around you. I found him now by this old tree. And I'll stick with him till I'm dead. 
Suddenly, the bushes on the river's edge part, and someone appears there. Hello, senor. Uh, who is it? Manuel! Manuel, help me! Give me a hand, I... Hello, senor. You are tiring fast. You cannot hold on too long, huh? My position is a strange one, senor. If I leave you there, you would never bother Lola again. Manuel, you can't. You can't leave me like this. Manuel, where are you going? Come back. It's all right, senor. I will be back. No, don't leave. Those tree branches. Throw some of them out here. Something that'll give me support. Oh, no, senor. Believe me. I've had to do this before. I will help you the same. What do you want? What are you going to do? I know this quick. We need something long and flat, something you can hold on to while I pull you out. All right. Anything. But hurry, Manuel. Si, senor, I will hurry. I will tear up the floorboards in Dan's shack. Floorboards? No, not the floorboards. Si, senor. They are the only supports I can get here. I am sure that under the circumstances, your old partner, Dan Bosley, will not mind my pulling them up. Whistler from January 8th, 1950 on CBS. And that brings to a close this hour of adventure on Tuned to Yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from Radio's Past. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark LeVonier. Thanks for tuning in.